Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. This is M. I-P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Get, Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, here to give us her reaction to the Supreme Court hearings and remind us to keep our eyes on the prize in terms of what's going on in the states and how important it is to vote up and down ballot is Lala Wu, executive director of a great organization we've met before, Sister District. Lala, how are you? Welcome to Make It Plain. Thank you so much. Really glad to be here. It is a pleasure to have you. First of all, what are your thoughts about what you saw during the Supreme Court confirmation hearings for Ketanji Brown-Jackson? First of all, she is incredibly, eminently, beyond imagine qualified. You know, she went, Katanji Brown Jackson went to Harvard undergrad and law school and clerked for federal district court and the circuit court. She had experience at the trial and the appellate levels. You know, she clerked for Justice Stephen Breyer, whose seat she would now be filling. She was in private practice. She was on the U.S. Sentencing Commission. Importantly, she was a federal public defender. You know, all of these vast list of qualifications. Oh, and by the way, she happens to be a black woman. All of these qualifications, however, were not enough to stop the Republicans, namely Senator Hawley, Ted Cruz, Tom Cotton, from jumping on, Lindsey Graham, how could I forget, jumping on and just acting unconscionably, truly unconscionably, asking her these questions, uh, taking us on this child porn wild goose chase. Really, I mean, I felt a lot of things. It was a it was a roller coaster of emotions watching the confirmation hearings because it was all of this incredible pride and joy and excitement. My background actually is as an attorney before I came into politics. And so I'm particularly just so excited to see what this barrier breaking is going to mean. But then to see the Republicans treat her so unconscionably was was very, very infuriating and really hard to watch, as I'm sure it was for you as well. Yes. And and obviously you mentioned she was a black woman. We know and we've heard many African-American women's reaction to it. But this 
as as I think as far as I'm sure you're concerned too, it wasn't just about her being a black woman. It was about her being a woman as well and not a conservative woman, not an Amy Coney Barrett type woman. Um, I, I, you probably noticed too, uh, during the, the witnesses testimony, the, the elder woman, the grand dame of the pro-life movement was venerated. I mean, they almost genuflected <laughs> before her. Uh, not the same treatment as a woman of Ketanji Brown Jackson's ideology and, and stature. That's troubling too, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I I think that the incredible pride, really, we have to hang on to that and not let it uh, be overshadowed by the Republicans' terrible behavior. Really, they were acting like children uh, up on that pedestal there. And what we need to remember is that diversity builds stronger institutions both inside because it helps to bring different experiences and perspectives to make our decision-making better. And then also to the outside, you know, it diversity strengthens le the legitimacy of our organizations, especially one as important and as, you know, lauded as the Supreme Court. And, you know, I think that I would say so far as that it's diversity at the Supreme Court strengthens the legitimacy of the institution, especially for the, you know, 40 something percent of people in this country who consider themselves people of color. And I think that you're absolutely right. Also, this uh, the fact that she is a woman, one who is going to bring her perspective as a woman, as a black woman, as a woman of color to the decisions she makes at the Supreme Court at this highest court in the land. Yes, it's incredibly deeply inspiring. And it feels particularly important to me right now as well. I just welcomed my daughter into the world just six months ago. And so, you know, as a lawyer myself, as the daughter of immigrants, as the first person in my family to go to law school, I'm able, I feel so proud that I'll be able to talk to my daughter and raise her in a world where I can say, really, you can be whoever you want to be. And that is the kind of representation mattering uh, that, that, can, that Ketanji Brown Jackson is bringing to this moment right in where we are in history. Well, first of all, congratulations on the new baby. That's Thank wonderful. You so much. And, you. Um, but, you know, I, I think also what you are doing and what Sister District is doing is so sacred in our struggle now. Ketanji Brown Jackson's going on a Supreme Court. Um, we've had a hard enough time, as I'm sure you'd agree, unlike Republicans, of getting the electorate on our side uh, to prioritize the courts and the importance of voting and how that affects the courts. What you're doing, though, I think is, is very, very helpful um, because there are state courts. Um, how do those appointments get made? Um, and it is in the state courts in many cases where the battle begins around redistricting, gerrymandering and whatnot. So we, we've got a lot to do to get our constituency, uh, those of us who are progressives, those of us who are people of color, women, LGBTs, all of the historically uh, oppressed and discriminated against groups. We've got to make these down ballot races and winning in these states as much of a priority as the federal elections, don't we? 
That's exactly right. And what we've seen, unfortunately, uh, my organization, Sister District, has done some research into the differences between Republicans and Democrats when it comes to voting all the way down the ballot. And unfortunately, Republicans start at the top and they go all the way down. And Democrats, they start at the top and then they kind of roll off, you know. And unfortunately, there is this big gap. And, you know, a big part of it we need to fill is to help continue to educate folks about why voting all the way down the ticket is so critical. You mentioned state courts. Uh, you know, judges at the Supreme Court level and at the federal court level are appointed. Uh, but at many state courts in many states, it changes, it varies from state to state. But in many states, they're elected. And that means that we are, you know, subjecting judges to this political campaign process and all of the incentives and, you know, psychology that goes into that. And you know, whether it's a good or a bad thing, it can be debated. But the thing is that these state court judges are incredibly important. As you mentioned, they decide issues around elections, around redistricting, also all of the matters that are passed at the state level that impact our lives, you know, whether it's around climate or labor or education or reproductive rights, you name it, it all happens at that state level. And really this focus on what's going on in the states and why, you know, is why we are so focused on state legislatures at Sister District and why we believe that this is where activists can get a really big bang for their buck. If they are looking to just donate a little bit of money or give a little bit of time, can make the biggest difference at the state level because it's really where the rubber hits the road when it comes to policy. And it's really where we need to see representation and diversity up and down the ballot. We need to see it at the highest levels at the Supreme Court, at the presidency, in the Senate, in Congress. We also need it in our governorships, our secretaries of state, our state legislatures, our mayors, our city councils, our all of these different commissioners that you've probably, you probably have heard of, but maybe not. We all think, we don't all think about them. They're not all in the news all the time, right? And I think that uh, we need, these are the kinds of positions that really impact us um, and that impact our communities. And we need more folks uh, who are most closely impacted by the policies uh, to be in these positions of power. Um, and there's a lot of barriers and we could talk for a long time about all of that, but you know, we're at Sister District, we're trying to do what we can along with many of our partners uh, to make this journey a little bit easier to help get more and more people who need to be in these positions of power into these positions of power so that they can improve their communities. More MIP after this message. Asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to Geico becomes an easy choice. Switch to Today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. 
As a matter of fact, the, this is where these are the places in the states where the decisions are made before they even get to the Supreme Court. That's and exactly. in an ideal world, we would need Katanji to be a vote to overturn certain things right. if we were successful in the states. Uh, for That's example, right. um, Supreme Court upholds Alabama's redistricting and strikes down Wisconsin's. I mean, that is about as partisan as you can get um, with at least one justice we know um, whose wife was a part of the insurrection and, and texting the White House chief of staff, uh, Jenny Thomas was texting Mark Meadows to overthrow <laughs> the election. So, but, but, if, but if we have what we have in place, if we had what we needed in place in Alabama, right? That's your point. If yes. we get in these state races, that's where we can make the difference early on, correct? That's exactly right. And to add to that, the Supreme Court is a terrible place to make policy. You know, it's supposed to be the court of last resort. And it's not the place where we should be thinking about how to advance policy in the first place. That needs to happen in with the lawmakers, in the legislatures, at that state level. And only a small, a tiny fraction of cases can make it to the Supreme Court. And so, you know, if we're looking for the Supreme Court or the courts even in general to save us, that's that's not the answer, right? We, of course, need to shore up that part of our government and of our civil society. It's very, very important that we've got these diverse voices on there, but it's certainly not going to it's not it's not going to save us. And of course, we have to remember also that Katanji Brown Jackson is taking the place of Stephen Breyer, who is also a liberal justice. So it doesn't change the composition right now, unfortunately, which is a conservative supermajority of the 6-3 conservative Supreme Court. So, you know, who knows what may happen in the future? Uh, thankfully, she's just 51 years old. She's still quite young. And so she's able to, you know, be on the court, uh, God willing, for a long, long time. Uh, and things can change and we, we need to be looking for those opportunities. But you know, we if we want to see immediate change in our policies, if we want to see things happen, uh, the Republicans know where to do it when it's in the state level and the Democrats need to. And we're, we're starting to figure it out, but we're a little bit tardy to the party. <laughs> and, and the same is true of reproductive rights as well, too. Uh, we I think we kind of have a sense of what may or may not happen at the Supreme Court level. But these the state laws are the ones that are taking the most immediate effect when it comes to women's reproductive rights, correct? That's exactly right. So, of course, Roe v. Wade established a constitutional right to privacy and a right to choose. And the kind of marker that they used was this sense of this idea about viability, you know, is the fetus going to be viable outside the womb? So the, within that federal constraint, states have had the ability to uh, prop promulgate their own laws however they would like to within kind of those confines. Uh, however, there's many states that have kind of seen, looked ahead and thought eat well before we had a conservative Supreme Court. They put in place these trigger laws that said if Roe v. Void is ever overturned, 
abortion is illegal here. We are banning abortion in the states. So there's, I, I believe, 11 or 12 of those laws already on the books. There's many uh, Republican controlled state houses already out there in the country also. We could, as soon as the Dobbs decision comes down, the Mississippi case that's up at the Supreme Court, which is likely going to, if not overturn Roe v. Wade, then going to curtail it dramatically, we're going to see abortion become effectively unavailable in like half the country. And that is of, of deep concern. And of course, one solution to this would be to pass federal legislation. That legislation was introduced. It would be wonderful. I would love to see that. So would many others. Unfortunately, we need to be realistic that that's unlikely to happen anytime soon. And so what we need to do is we need to fight this at the state level, every state, state by state. More MIP after this message. So people are talking about the midterms and most of the publicity we hear and most of the news coverage is about the House and Senate. But uh, Lala Wu making the argument, folks, that we've got to be concerned about these state level races. Um, tell us all about it. And, and you're obviously uh, recruiting, helping to recruit candidates, too, I take it, correct? That's right. We we look for candidates who have already expressed a lot of interest and have declared. And so we help candidates in their early stages of their campaigns. We provide them strategic support as well as bring our volunteer um, army to bring them grassroots field and fundraising support. Uh, we work closely and collaborate closely with other organizations that work a little bit earlier on in the pipeline, Run for Something, Emily's List, Emerge America, all of these amazing organizations that do great candidate training and recruitment on the front end. We come in at that endorsement uh, time when they are ready to run and we provide them, we look for candidates, especially that we are, that have been underrepresented, you know, who are going to be in these close, winnable districts, but who may not have the kinds of traditional uh, access to power, to money, to support. And we come in and we bring that, not only that volunteer support and that firepower, but also strategic campaign support as well. Uh, a lot of times these candidates are first time candidates. A lot of times their campaigns are first time campaign managers or staff, and we are able to be there with them side by side, uh, also helping to really train them up during the process, uh, give them what they need to succeed. And, uh, you know, these state legislative races, they're really, they, they generally fly under the radar. Like you said, the headlines are all about Congress and Senate and presidency. And all of that is great. Of course, these positions are important. But in terms of the people who actually are going to pass policies that impact your everyday life, it happens at the state and local level. And so, you know, these races that have been flying under the radar, they don't cost as much money. You know, their campaigns are not as expensive. And so, although, you know, I saw something today about how uh, Lauren Boebert, uh, that uh, QAnon uh, um Congresswoman in Colorado is getting, her opponent is getting all of this attention and money. That's fine, you know, but I do wish that Democrats would think about where else to put their money sometimes because, you know, it's like giving all the money to Amy McGrath. Of course, nobody likes Mitch McConnell, but nobody likes, you know, the, the nobody likes Mitch McConnell. I'm going to refrain from saying additional things about him, but uh, it's not the most strategic way to spend funds on a quixotic race where, you know, it's not going to win. But at the state ledge level, especially the, the races we choose as sister districts, they're close, they're winnable. You know, 
five out of the 12 races that we supported last year, five of them were decided by 851 votes or fewer. And so these are the kinds of extremely tight margins that we're talking about. So every phone call, every dollar makes a difference. But so to be clear, you don't have to refrain from saying anything else. <laughs> if you'd like to say more, please. You, you, you're welcome to have that. Uh, That's right. That. Well, <laughs> it's nothing you've never heard, you know, it's right. strange, turtle troll man who is evil. And... <laughs> well, and, and now that you said so in in the in the ministry, in the pulpit, when someone you said something a minute ago and when it's that profound, we say uh, that's a word that'll preach what mm -hmm. you just said about how Democrats um, spend their money and the priorities sometimes don't mm -hmm. quite add up. So I agree with you on that. And we saw that firsthand with 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 Amy's race and we see that with other races. Um, so obviously, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to check out Sister District because and we all get these text messages send five or ten dollars here and there. But we need to support these races in our states. Um, what Lala's also saying, and I always preach this, the issues that we all are, are most passionate about these days, from voting to policing to education, they're attacking the classrooms, don't want cultural history taught. That happens at state level. Police are not governed federally. There is no, no federal oversight of election boards and election systems in the states, folks. And I like to say, people have heard me say this before too, Lala. I mean, I get a call every day. People are ambitious and I, we appreciate that. People call me every day. Oh, I'm going to run for U.S. Senate. I'm like, well, well, hold on. <laughs> just don't, you just don't go there. You can make a difference right where you are in your, first of all, in your city, but if not your city, in your state, of course. And so that's very important. You mentioned something too about money and these trace, these races coming under the radar. State races, that's the other thing. The federal races buy the airtime up. The state races don't raise as much money. And so it's hard for them to compete on television, too. That That's another challenge, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, these 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 congressional races, for example, are millions of dollars, regularly millions of dollars, um, whereas your biggest state race may only be a million dollars. And usually it's much closer to something like $100,000, $200,000 for the entire race. And so you think about an ad buy, especially in a big media market, you know, like the New York area or Philadelphia area or something like that, it's going to be extremely expensive and not something that we're, they're always able to do. Uh, and, and that is hard because it doesn't mean it's hard to compete. But there is another side to that, which is that these state races are often, you know, the districts that these people are running to represent are not necessarily so big that they can't knock on many of the doors. You know, I think what's incredible is that you can see more sort of hand-to-hand -hand organizing, where you can see the candidate themselves going to knock on so many doors. You can have uh, volunteers like we are at Sister District go knock on these doors as well, make a lot of phone calls, write postcards, send money. All of these things, there can be a more local flavor to these more local uh, races. And that can be a good thing because 
you know, these, this day and age, so much is nationalized, right? Everything that happens is somehow about Nancy Pelosi or whatever is happening at the federal level. And that's not productive. That's not what people care about. They want to know who's going to fix the potholes in the road and how much are their teachers getting paid and the, what are, you know, what are their children getting taught? And these are the kinds of issues that we found that our candidates are able to engage with more deeply. Hey, what are we going to do about this, uh, you know, factory that's going to close down? Or what are we going to do about this school or this post office or whatever it is? These, these local issues, you can actually engage with them when you are working at the state level uh, and, and kind of get away from all of the, the federal toxicity a little bit. Lala Wu, how can people get involved with Sister District? How can people give? How can people get fully engaged? We can, you can visit sisterdistrict.com. Uh, you can check out how to sign up for our emails. We don't send that many. All of them are educational. We, uh, you can support us as an organization. You can support our amazing candidates. They are coming out. We are uh, endorsing our first set of candidates at the end of April. We've got all kinds of great programs, including one where we support um, on-the-ground organizations that build power year-round, kind of a la Stacey Abrams. So we've got all kinds of great stuff. Come check us out. We would love to welcome you in and just thank you for you know voting also and uh, getting folks involved in these state and local levels. I think you had us all at, we don't send out many emails and they're all educational. <laughs> it's a start. It's, it helps us stand out indeed. <laughs> it, it, it certainly does. No, this is great folks. Sisterdistrict.com, uh, get involved. And again, candidates, they support a diversity of candidates as well. Um, and I'll be honest, we're, we're at a place now Frankly, folks, it's not enough for us to be in emotional, so to speak. And I am too. Cory Booker cried about Ketanji. We have to to support everyone's vision. We've got to get involved, whether it's giving a few dollars, whether it's volunteering, or whether there's some of us actually stepping out there and, and running and That's being true. of service. This that is the hour in which we because our enemies, they're lined up. They're working hard every day. They're involved. We, we talked about Roe. 1973, we're coming up on 50 years. It, it's taken them 50 years to almost overturn. They never stop. We can't stop either. So, folks, we invite you to go to sisterdistrict.com. Just another way to get involved uh, and support the great work that they're doing. Lala Wu, who is the executive director with Brand New Baby, our very special guest. Congratulations on the baby, and thank you for joining us, Lala. Reverend, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. 
Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.